0: Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question. 224-585-WSFI That's 224-585-9734
1: We have one of our special priests today, Father Bob Sears, SJ, whom you know and love. He spoke at our healing conference in October at the seminary on soul ties and family generational healing. Uh, Father Bob, as you might remember, has taught at the Illinois, at um, Leonie University of Chicago at the pastoral institute. He's a spiritual director. He gives workshops and retreats around the country. He's the past president of ACT Heals, ACT Heals. And um, Father Bob personally has helped me over the years, giving me spiritual direction. I don't know where I'd be without him. So Father Bob, we're so delighted you're on today. And I can't wait because I understand that your topic is "Happy are the poor in spirit." Welcome, Father Bob.
2: Thank you, Joan. Uh, yeah, and welcome to everybody that's here. I uh, last time I spoke, I spoke about the joy that heals, the joy of the Lord that heals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this time I wanted to begin with uh, that topic, but actually to bring up the texts in scripture that speak about joy and the the main ones that speak about joy in the beatitudes they are the attitudes that make us happy as uh, scripture has and the the first beatitude actually is happy are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven so if it's happiness and joy that really is an indication of our healing and it is the best atmosphere for our body to get healed, so what is the meaning of the poverty that makes us happy? That's the topic I'd like to just speak about in its relevance for healing today. In the chapters 5 to 7 in the Gospel of Matthew, he deals with the Beatitudes, and in somebody who uh really i appreciate very much it suggested that i read a book that indicated that the the attitudes are expressed in one order and explained in reverse order with three little passages for each one and it kind of gives an orientation of what the the attitude means and i'll use that you know orientation to to kind of open up the meaning of what is the poverty that makes us happy. For what is it, for example, that is to be poor in spirit? See, our this is an attitude towards oneself. The, our culture doesn't promote that, does it? We don't promote poverty. What we pre- promote is self-reliance and self-expression, self-confidence, the values, talent. We look for talent, don't we? We look for looks, heritage, intelligence, wealth, power. How often have you heard it said that poverty is the avenue to really make us happy? Jesus promotes a different attitude. Jesus promotes God-reliance, not self-reliance. So God-expression. How can we express ourselves that God be glorified? or God-confidence, that we have God as the one that we trust and entrust everything to him. For everything we have is a gift from God, and that's actually what Jesus has come to proclaim. So the more that we realize that our personal poverty and learn to totally trust God's love, paradoxically, the happier we'll be. In the three texts that I mentioned that At the end, because the the Beatitudes again are uh, proposed in one order and explained in reverse order. So actually, in chapters 5 to 7, the part that explains the first Beatitude is in Matthew 7, 7 to verse 11. And what are the texts that they say? Ask, and you will receive. Seek. And you will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks at the door, the door will be opened. So those who are poor in spirit are like beggars. You know, they have to ask for things, they have to rely on others to get help, they have to ask for gifts and handouts. It is not our riches that opens us to divine joy, but our poverty. Because really, we can't do anything for God that we haven't already received from God. So there isn't anything that we can do except to accept his gifts. We have no claim on heavenly joy. So grace and God's love is free. It's a free gift, and then we have to accept it. And that's humbling for us. To receive something that we really haven't worked for or earned, or and it's just the other way. So we are powerless. Powerless. The first uh, steps in the AA groups say that we are powerless, but we have to, and we have to trust that there's a higher power that frees us. And so that's the beginning of getting healed in the AA groups. So Christians know that this higher power is our Abba. Our daddy, who numbers the very hairs of our head, Jesus says, and always watches over us. Jesus says, which one of you, he says in Matthew 7, 9 and following, would give your child a stone if he asks for bread, or a snake if he asks for a fish? If you who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? Those that have this attitude, they learn to trust God, not themselves, for all things. This is a passage that follows directly after the passage on ask and you will receive. So it's an explanation of poverty of spirit. Jesus wants to show us that our poverty actually is what draws God's love to us and opens us up as children, to receive from our Father everything that we ask. And everything we ask will be given, he says. So this is the very opposite of what we spontaneously do. And it takes attentiveness to learn to do such trust. I had a couple examples myself. When I came back from Germany to America, after my ordination, I was helping out in a parish in Miami, And one Saturday, I was preparing a homily for Sunday Mass, and nothing was coming to me. And I sat at my desk for some three hours, looking out at the beautiful day outside, trying to write, but nothing seemed to come to me that seemed right. And finally, I just blurted out, Lord, these are your people, and if you don't give me something to say, I will just stand up there and say nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I meant it it's I wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and then ideas simply came to me and it took half an hour only to write my homily that it just kind of flowed out it was as though God was just waiting for me to admit it wasn't my problem <laughs> Marvelous. I needed to rejoice in my poverty of ideas so that God's kingdom could come that he could give me what he wanted me to say. And I later discovered that I had begun to to do this, to rely on myself already in the womb. When they prayed for me and I was in my forties and I somebody got burden. I said I won't be a burden. So it took me some time after that to realize that I was helping myself by not asking God for mothering that I wouldn't receive from my mother. So I was trying to solve my own problem. And trying to help my mother, I was doing the same thing by not asking for what she couldn't give. So I was trying to solve her problem. (laughs) So what I did, however, was isolate myself from any foundational love, and that caused my later depression. The truth that I had found out later was that God had given me Mary as my mother, and my mother's mother also. And I was a delight for her. And she didn't need to be overpowered because the Heavenly Father supported her. And so again, my poverty being a burden for my mother was actually what opened me up to receive God's gift of Mary as my mother. So in my experience, these very areas where we feel poor and we try to solve our own problem, the areas of our poverty are what open us up to the solution? If we would simply welcome our poverty and believe Jesus' word about our Father's total care for us, how much happier we would be. What seems foolishness to the world is the wisdom of God freeing us from continuing to do our thing, as we humans learned from Adam and Eve because they tried to do their thing and brought all the problems to all of us. And we return to relying on God's care for us. Jesus, by dying on the cross for us, has freed us to trust our Father no matter what God allows to happen in our lives. Our losses reveal our poverty. Jesus identified with our poverty. He said on the cross, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And yet that very poverty reveals that God's love is there no matter what we go through. As little children, the more we know our being a child, the more we know our daddy, our father, our Abba, the more we know that we can ask him for everything, and he will give it because God is love. So God never stopped loving Adam and Eve, even though they stopped believing God loved them after they sinned. Because once they sinned, they started thinking they had to prove that they were lovable because they didn't think they were. So that's when they began to try to be worthy of love and distrusted God's love. Jesus' way reverses all that. Our sin reveals our poverty. And God sent Jesus to companion us in our sin that we might turn again to believe in God's unconditional love. Where sin abounds, grace, God's gift of grace of love, does more abound, Romans 5.20. Jesus bore our sin and turned it into even greater love. Isn't that beautiful? Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul writes. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I have found really, and I find that is helpful for other people too, that accepting our poverty, accepting the difficulties we go through and our inability to solve them ourselves is exactly what we need to do in order to realize that God helps us when we can't do it. We can make the mistake, we can do the sin, but we can't correct it. And we don't have to because God said he would do it. He loves us. He never stopped loving us. And he's just ready to pour out his love to us if we would ask. So that's the explanation of poverty in spirit, that we become beggars, that we become, in a sense, people who know that we are poor. God showed us even in Jesus that that kind of humility, that stepping down, that allowing ourselves to be helped. When he prayed, for example, to his disciples in the garden of Gethsemane, could you not watch one hour with me? He wasn't so proud that he refused to ask for help. He asked for help because he is humble. Learn of me, he said, I am meek and humble of heart and you will find rest for yourselves
1: so much. We're going to take a short break and then uh, look more into what Father has just given us. It's so beautiful, Father. Thank you.
0: Hi, this is Dan Miller with Pro-Life Wisconsin. Why is Catholic Radio important? Catholic Radio is important because it catechizes Catholics. We need to be catechized. We need to know where this Catholic Church stands on certain issues. It certainly is important when it comes time to vote. That is something that is on our minds very much these days. So get involved. Make a donation to WSFI Antioch 88.5 FM Catholic Radio and help out. We need your help. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online
1: Welcome back. Um, We're talking with Father Bob Sears, Society of Jesus. Father, I wish you could give that as a homily at all the Christmas masses in all the churches. Mm -hmm. It just sums up the whole meaning of it all, you know, about about not not obsessing about giving gifts and what we're going to buy and all that, but just letting go and letting God. I just love what you shared.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh Yes. Yeah, that's really, uh, and, and Christmas is the perfect time for that too, because Jesus actually became totally dependent, totally mm-hmm. powerless as a baby in the womb of Mary.
1: Okay, so he I let have let
2: himself be totally dependent on us.
1: I have one uh, mm-hmm. burning question: What was your Thanks. what was your sermon in Miami that Sunday?
2: <laughs> I, I wish I could remember that was years ago. Oh, actually, okay. <laughs>
1: it
2: was when I first came back to the United States. I, went, uh, I, I wish I could remember. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. What the, well, the, it's the something Excel the Holy Spirit
1: was. gave you, obviously. But I, sh- I, sh-
2: I should have remembered it because it was God's ideas right, for, right. for that. <clears throat> uh, hopefully, all my I, uh, all my homilies now. I. <laughs> try to make them God's idea. They say, what do you want to tell the people, Lord? So I really took it as a guide for preparing homilies in the first place. That's
1: wonderful. I can't
2: really prepare them that much ahead of time because that looks like I'm in control of it. I
1: understand, So I kind of have
2: to wait till till the Lord (laughs) kind of puts it on my heart what I'm to talk about. You know, (laughs) that's such a
1: message for us, Father, at Christmas especially. And to take it to a personal level, you know, I usually obsess about giving all the right gifts to all the grandchildren, to my sons and daughters-in-law and daughter. And, and so I'm, I'm buying sweaters and, and just running around frantically trying to give gifts. And this year I, I, I sensed a, 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 a quietness about a, a check in my spirit. And I've actually been praying about what gifts God would have me give. And so far yes. I, I've only gotten one answer for one friend. And it was an inspiration. <laughs> but so far, I have no, I have, he hasn't told me what to do with my kids and grandkids.
2: Oh, that's, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, <laughs> if you just trust it to the Lord, then he will show you when the time comes what it is that, that is needed. You know, mm. there's, there's a, uh, I wish I could send this to everybody. It's a Father Dolindo Rotolo. He was 1882 to 1970. He was a prophet for our time and, and loved also by Padre Pio. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this, he was he was kind of humiliated his whole life. That's his, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he would suffer a martyrdom interiorly. And he wrote this uh, novena, actually, to entrust everything to the Lord. It was given to him by the Lord. And it, like it, This is just read one of these days here. Why do you confuse yourself by worrying? Leave the care of your affairs to me, and everything will be peaceful. I say to you in truth that every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect that you desire and resolves all difficult situations Mm. isn't that powerful that's
1: very powerful (laughs) and you know what it it dawned on me when you were sharing it father if you could email me that we could perhaps (laughs) post it on our website for our listeners
2: Okay, well, I would love to do that. I would do that too. That, yes, because it's so I think so important that we realize that Jesus is serious when he says, "Ask and you will receive," yes. because everyone who asks receives. So I, it's. I just love the real problem with that. God isn't that he doesn't want to give us everything? He does want to give us everything, like the 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 older son and the prodigal mm-hmm. son story. You know said my son you are always with me and everything i have is yours but he hasn't asked <laughs> so <laughs> he the, wants to do it himself <laughs>
1: of course and don't we all isn't that <laughs> that's our yep. method it's our madness really
2: yeah, well and but it's also uh, i think because we don't feel we're worthy and so we mm-hmm. feel we really have to do it ourselves in order to to really be a human being yes, or a, yes, you know, yes. stand up for ourselves, etc. We don't realize that the best gift we can give to God is permission for him to work through us. Oh. So it's what he asked for Adam and Eve in the first place. And and that, that if we and now he's given us that in spite of our sin, so mm-hmm. that he shows how much love he has, that no matter what we do, you can't we can't stop him from loving us and wanting to give us everything if we'd only let him.
1: (laughs) I like that, Father, because so often we feel that we've been a a bad, I often feel I've been like a bad girl. I, you know, I, I have to do something to get God's love back because he can't love me the way I am, you know? Yes,
2: exactly. That's exactly right. And I think I hear that a lot with people who come through problems. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy to, it's not easy to really let go because it's a totally new. Like if I said in the womb I won't be a burden, that means I've been working for 40 years on the basis of i got to save myself. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yes, Father.
2: <laughs> and didn't even know I was doing it. <laughs>
1: but how many of us are, are going through the same thing? S- I mean, same
2: thing, yes. It's I don't not think unusual at all. For exactly I, I can relate a
1: little bit to that, but I think that I said uh, I, I don't matter. I don't. I never felt like I mattered.
2: And yeah, I, that, yeah, I'm not worthy enough right. for God to give me anything like that.
1: Right. And people, I don't deserve to have this or to get that or to be loved. So Exactly.
2: That's that's our whole culture, isn't it? I mean, yes. We've got to be self sufficient, we have to earn it, we have to be, you know, popular, we have to have all these gifts, and then people might love us.
1: So but father the, the, what what would you say? Okay, so for our listeners and for myself out listening to this, um, so how how do we how do we become the poverty that you're speaking about? How do we empty ourselves so that God can give us like, especially around now at Christmas? How what method do you have?
2: Well. I think the biggest thing is that we let God love us love is what empties us of things we we, if we know we're loved then we can let go of trying to be worthy because Mm -hmm. if we're loved we're already worthy that's why receiving that love of God is really the key to healing Mm
1: -hmm.
2: because we can't really be changed by trying harder we've changed by love and love is already there because the Father already loves us and so it's not easy to, to receive the love, and so I tell people, well, Jesus will do it in you if you would only give him permission. He will, because he was in Mary's womb for nine months.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So he'll teach you what it's like to be born of Mary who doesn't need his love because the father loves her and she loves the father, and they partner each other so that he doesn't have to make up for anything. And so when we don't have to make up for anything from our parents and just receive their love, then we start believing in love. And when we start believing in love, then we know that what we do is not earning anything. It's simply gratitude. It's thank you for loving me.
1: So that's my answer. Thank you for
2: loving me. To use the gift that you give me, I give it back to you, Lord.
1: So really what you're saying, Father, is to, like in our prayer time, to just... Be grateful to God. And that opens us to love.
2: That's right. That's that passage from uh, Philippians that I read there. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, by asking, in other words, with thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. let your requests be made known to God. You're just making them known. You're not even kind of pleading with him to do it because he already wants to do it more than you want him to do it. You know, it's kind of like he's just been waiting for you to be open to receive it because he's got infinite things to give you. And he's given you everything you have. So there isn't anything he hasn't given you. What he needs now is permission to give you himself Mm -hmm. and to give you all the things that he wants you to have, which would make you into the joy that God has himself, which is his love. And he'll do that for all your family and for your mother your mother and father, all those that you're trying to save. The only way you can do it is by letting God give you the parents they didn't have so that through you they can start giving that love to their parents and back through the generations because Mary is the new Eve for everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. it isn't as though anybody can be saved without getting that free gift of love that God wanted for us in the first place.
1: And so my my good childhood, lifelong friend, Veronica Rolfe, uh, wrote a book, The Gospel of Julian, Julian of Norwich, mm. the Mystic. And, oh, in uh, Norwich, yeah. Oh, a lot of it. She, she delves so deeply into her life and about prayer and suffering. But it was about prayer that touched me the most because from Julian's writings and from what Christ taught her, um, Jesus, when we reach out to God and ask him for someone or something and pray to him, he has already put that in our hearts to ask him because he wants to give That's
2: it right. to us. <laughs> That's right. I just exactly. love that.
1: It's is, is that. Is that your understanding, Father?
2: Yes. Oh, yes, I totally. I mean, in other words, everything that we pray for, if it really is... Uh, you know kind of according to God's will he's put it into our hearts already to pray for that because he's made us so that we could be the intercessor for that person or for that situation
1: that makes me feel so So jubilant
2: he just needs us to be to to freely give our permission for him to do it in us
1: Father I hope everyone has heard this and really I wish this is Christmas today folks because this is what it's all about (laughs) God gives and gives and gives it's only we We have to receive, you know, in order to give.
2: And notice who receives it at Christmas. It's the poor people. Yes. It's the shepherds who can't even get to the liturgical services because they're taking care of sheep. And so they were looked down on.
1: And Father, I don't so want to it's, stop, it's, but I have to. We have a, a minute and a half left for to pray for people who've asked us. Okay, so we have an online person, uh, Vl Patrick. He has quite a long email, but he would like to answers to pray, for you to pray for peace and religious unity in the world, to enlighten and guide all the leaders of our world, nation, and community. For the Pope and all Catholics, for our families and near and dear ones. Um, for our spiritual and temporal wants. He has everything in there for good health. So would you pray for that for him through him and for all of our families, Father, and for everyone listening, and especially for Maggie who who has special prayer needs and for um, Tom who has pancreatic cancer and my brother who has pancreatic cancer for healing for them.
2: Thank you, Lord. Lord, we do pray for all of those intentions there. They're on all our hearts, really, for peace in the world, but that comes from surrender to you, God. There's no peace apart from God, because God is the one who loves everybody. And if we let that love in, then we'll start loving our brothers and sisters, no matter if they're different colors or different religions. Whoever they are, they are children of God, and we're all one family. Father, would you so bless we pray our for listeners those, now? Lord.
1: Sorry, we're out and of time.
2: Go ahead. Mm-hmm.
1: Go ahead, Father. We
2: ask Lord for also for Maggie and Tom and for their pancreatic cancer and for religious unity, Lord. And you know unity of all cultures and all races, so that this time can be a blessing for everybody. Because God wants to come as a little child to show us that we need to be born again into his Holy Family, so that we can receive the love that we all need, which is universal and infinite and unlimited. And so we bring that into our own lives and extend it out to all your people, Lord, Maggie and Tom, and for their physical needs and for all our spiritual and physical needs and for our families and for our country and for our world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you,
0: Father. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.